Hello and welcome to a new episode of Wikijabba. My name is Sebastian Wallroth. I'm from Berlin, Germany, and I talk to people from Wikipedia and other projects. And my today's guest is André. Please introduce yourself, André. Hi, I'm André. I'm a Wikipedian on the Romanian Wikipedia, and in the real life, I'm a programmer. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm talking to you because Gerion Kalkul has been on the CEE meeting in, I don't, I don't know where it was, Ukraine or, or somewhere? Uh, I think it was last year in uh, in uh, Armenia. In Armenia, ah, and there he met you and then he endorsed you. And what he wrote is that you are a bot programmer and uh, expert in uh, Wikimedia t-shirts. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of like an inside joke because I, I held a lightning talk, not even a full-size talk about uh, why t-shirts are the best swag that you can give uh, participants to your uh, to your meetups and stuff like that. And um, yeah, there was a lot of interest. Uh, we had uh, quite a few number of people, even from the Wikimedia Foundation, And um, we had a very interesting discussion about what type of swag is appropriate for um, for each type of meeting. Of course, uh, t-shirts are not always the best. It was just a title that was meant to to make people interested in the talk. Mm -hmm. This was in 2015. And we have to say what CEE is. Can you? It's Wikimedia. Yeah, so yeah. CEE. Uh, CE comes from Central and Eastern European. It's um, it's a loose um, alliance, should I say, of um, of organizations and um, and communities from this region, roughly from Germany to Central Asia, something mm -hmm. like that. So it's uh, it's very loose, not not the political term that's usually understood by C Central and mm -hmm. Eastern Europe. It's uh, more uh, more inclusive, shall we say? And the, we have quite a few number of initiatives. Um, one that you might have heard of is the CE Spring, which is a um, an article writing contest. Um, and starting in 2017, I think that everyone can participate. I mean, any Wikipedia project, uh, just as long as they write about CE mm -hmm. subjects. Uh, and uh, we uh, we have uh, a few other projects that um, you might be interested in. And if you want to know more, we'll just uh, we'll publish our first newsletter this month. Mm -hmm. Our yeah, I think this month uh, at the beginning of November on Meta. So stay <laughs> tuned. In in English. Ah, okay. In English, yes. Um... Mm -hmm. I heard about CEE meetings before, and it's, it's very inspiring. I've never been to one, but maybe I should go one time. And and sure, they're they're quite different from Wikimania uh -huh. uh, because that's the closest uh, you have as a subject. Because uh, unlike Wikimania, where uh, the whole the whole movement is represented and um, people talk whatever they're interested in here uh the way it goes is uh at the beginning of the year we have uh kind of like a poll where each community um mentions what they they are good at what they can share with the others and what their needs are 
and uh, the program is adapted to those needs so we can address as much as as much of them as possible and uh, make sure that we all gain from this meeting so it doesn't often happen for someone to come to the meeting and, and go back mm -hmm. disappointed <laughs> and why are you going to these meetings um yeah. why am yeah. i going was a question uh well mainly because um uh it, they're very inspiring they're they they're giving me this boost of uh, of motivation even if i'm not involved in in all the projects developed by mm -hmm. that result from this meeting uh it, they give me like this this boost of motivation to to follow my own projects and to to spend mm -hmm. more time on wikipedia and did you learn new people over there Uh, sure, sure. Um, I met a bunch of new people and um, each of them have their projects and their, um, should I say, um, their interests and they're quite different from mine. <laughs> it's, not a, mm -hmm. it's not a very technical conference, um, but, uh, you know, you learn a lot from, from how people solve Uh, non-technical people solve the same problems that you have and you learn that perhaps there is a much easier way than writing a new bot for <laughs> for something <laughs> yeah yeah do you have examples um well i can't think of a specific example but um There were some very good presentations about uh, what you could do with the Wikidata and the tools developed by Magnus Manske, um, like the Wikidata game and uh, um, the others. I, I don't remember their name now. There are a bunch of tools that allow you to easily edit Wikidata and uh, gamify the, the whole process uh, and allow you, on the other hand, to find... Um, find stuff on Wikidata. For instance, um, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, CatScan. Yes, I do know what it is. Can you please describe what it is? Uh, yeah, so um, it's um, it's a tool on tool labs that allow uh, users to easily um, intersect two cat categories. It, that's what it did in the beginning. So you had two categories and you wanted to find all the pages that are in both categories or the pages that are in one category, but not in the other, or, uh, the pages that are in either category and so on. And now it's expanded. It's, it's not called cat scan anymore. It's called pet scan <laughs> and, uh, except categories and templates. It, can now uh, do cool stuff with Wikidata. You can, uh, for instance... Um, Pet scan, like P-E-T... P-E-T, yeah. Uh -huh. P-E-T-S-C-A-N. Um, and you can now do cool stuff on Wikidata, like uh, queries and um, looking for um, items there. And the coolest thing is, after you find your set of items, you can edit directly from from PetScan. For instance, if you find a set of items and you want to add like the country, for instance, for each and every item there, you can do that directly from PetScan, which is very cool and much faster than writing a bot for that. Mm -hmm. So you said you are a technical person. So you are self-programming bots? Uh, yeah, I, I did quite a few of them on the Romanian Wikipedia. I'm approaching a million uh, edits with with my <laughs> okay. bot there. 
Um, my true beginning as a bot programmer was um, replacing the diacritics in the Romanian Wikipedia. Uh, for legacy reasons, this is a highly technical issue, so <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it's of interest, but the short story is that for, tech, uh, for legacy reasons, um, we had some... Uh, some wrong diacritics on on the Romanian Wikipedia that we needed to change. So basically, we were changing a letter in an, into another letter that uh, visually was looking pretty much mm-hmm. the same, but behind the scenes it, it was different. It was a different code, mm-hmm. and of course, uh, in order to do that, you have to prepare very very well because um, this is not something that you can do overnight. It takes months and months of edits. Uh, to to change a whole Wikipedia and um, there was in our case I think it was four months that we ran so you you have to prepare very very well you have to do all kinds of redirects and stuff like that and this really challenged my my bot writing skills it was my my true my first true project true important project on using bots on Wikipedia and. Since then, I've uh, I've also organized um, Wikilove's monuments for a number of years, five I think, and um, I developed my own set of bots that uh, that can handle the monuments list. It can uh, they can add, um, for instance, images, authors, uh, coordinates, and so on in the lists on Wikipedia. So it creates lists afterwards or before it the. Now, so it takes it takes the the official lists ah, the, that are needed of, for uh, Wikilove's monuments, monuments and, ah, of okay. monuments, yeah, and it adds uh, the images that are uploaded uploaded during the contest. So you have uh, official lists of the uh, monuments in Romania. Yes, we do available. And do you have uh, freedom of panorama? Uh, no, unfortunately not. Uh, oh. We're we're with yellow on the Commons uh, map. That means that um, images can be used for non-commercial purposes, but not commercial. Mm-hmm. So, uh, how do you fix it? Uh, you can f- photograph old buildings, but have to avoid to have new ones. <laughs> Yeah, the way we we went about it was that um, we wrote a script in um, in Lua, so we wrote a template that would um, redirect the user either to a local upload if the image would be uh, protected by Freedom of Panorama, mm-hmm. or uh, the Commons uploader if the image was free. And then we had to clean up the. Um, the local images, because of course, uh, the the protected materials um, policy only allows one image per protected uh, uh, per protected building, and only if it's used in an article. So we had to clean up uh, massively afterwards. So sad. And is there some change to be able to come with the freedom of panorama in Romania? Unfortunately, I'm a bit pessimistic about that because um, there is uh, there is a, um, a copyright um, reform going on at the EU level right now. But um, and freedom of panorama throughout Europe was one of the proposals put forward at the beginning of the process a couple of years back. 
but unfortunately it was pretty much buried by the new proposal by the European Commission, uh, which are much worse (laughs) than not having freedom of panorama. Mm -hmm. And the way the the Romanian government works is that they pretty much wait till the last moment to express any kind of position on that. And uh, when the decision is taken in Brussels, they just, you know, we're not doing anything else. We're just going ahead with a minimum change necessary to adapt to the new legislation. I think we have, so, we have to say what freedom of panorama is for those who do not know about this. Uh, freedom of panorama. Uh, yes. Freedom of panorama is the, the right to photograph everything you see on the street and to use the photo commercially. This is in short. <laughs> yeah, because if you have a picture, uh, you'd have several layers of copyright. You'd have the photographer's copyright. You'd have the copyright of the architect or the the sculptor of whatever you're photographing and so mm-hmm. on. There are many, many layers of copyright, unfortunately. <laughs> and it's a mess to to find out uh, the rights for uh, for an image. Yeah, we are in, in Germany. We are lucky to have freedom of panorama because, uh, yeah, if we're standing on the street, not on private ground, but on the street, we can photo- take a photograph of everything we see, except of removable art, or, or not, not removable, but, but art that is uh, can be or is um, will be only for a limited time in the public space, like the Brecht Reichstag. I don't know if it. Uh, you know about this uh, um, a Romanian based artist Christo a Bulgarian uh, based uh, originate uh, artist he wrapped the whole uh, the whole parliament building in Berlin a couple of years ago with uh, with shades and uh, yeah there is no free photo of this because it's uh, temporary art yeah, there are a lot of a lot of differences between countries uh, regarding freedom of panorama, mm-hmm. unfortunately, which makes it very interesting to try and upload photos from your vacation. For <laughs> yeah. instance. That's right, <laughs> because you might you might be familiar with your own country's policies, but uh, it's virtually impossible to be familiar with every country's policy. Yeah, and it's possible to upload photos um, from other countries in. In your Wikipedia, but not on on comments. Yes, uh, exactly. Yeah, uh, uh, <laughs> and it's uh, yeah. There's no reason to have uh, to, to disallow it because the architects do not want money from from photos of uh, the buildings they they already paid. But anyway, uh, let's uh, let's go further. The uh, CE meeting uh, was a big experience for you, and uh, you said you talked about the T-shirts. So maybe you can endorse P- T-shirts right now. <laughs> uh, yeah. So um, the the whole the whole story began um, uh, because I missed the metro <laughs> okay. in Bucharest. So uh, instead of going home, I went to. Um, um, to a station that is uh, near a, ca- a university campus, and uh, my T-shirt attracted a lot of attention there. And a couple of people asked me in the same, uh, in the in basically the same time or a couple of minutes apart, uh, "What's up with my T-shirt?" So it was a T-shirt of Google Coding, uh, which is a contest made uh, by Google um, 
and some uh, open source projects, including Wikimedia, uh, Wikimedia for uh, high mm-hmm. school students. So for people uh, that are still in secondary school. Uh, and uh, there are all kinds of tasks. Some are programming, some are uh, design, and they're, they're very different. They're, they try to, to familiarize uh, young students with uh, open source. That's the, the idea of the project. And that T-shirt of mine, which, uh, which had the logo, uh, the logo of the contest, it said Google Coding and Mentor, was enough to attract a lot, a lot of attention. And I just realized that uh, this is a very, very powerful uh, tool because uh, if you give a T-shirt that's well-designed, like uh, that one was, and uh, you... And also nice because you want people to wear them, of course. Uh, you can have a lot of impact because a t-shirt can can last for f- up to five years with no problem. Uh, and if uh, if the people you're giving them away to or even selling at some point are really like like the t-shirt, they'll wear it, and you'll have a lot of, and a lot of impact. Mm-hmm on on the market uh which does not happen for for instance with um stickers or with um uh, pencils and stuff like that with pens and uh, stuff that you ke- you normally keep in a pocket or on your laptop that you're not taking out on on the street right you're only taking them out uh, in in the classroom or at home where there is less people to see it so yeah, that's that's what started my my talk. And as I said, we had a very interesting conversation there with uh, many people arguing that t-shirts are expensive. <laughs> and it turns out that in some countries, I think it was Israel, uh, if I'm not mistaken, t-shirts Why? can be really really expensive. Uh, mm-hmm. There, t- th- I have no idea, <laughs> but they were talking about sums like okay. twenty five euros for a t-shirt. Uh, a personalized T-shirt, which is huge, because um, I remember the first year we had Wikilove's Monuments, uh, we had T-shirts printed in Germany for the whole of Europe, and there were something like ten euros a piece. And in Romania, you can have mm. them for six or seven euros. So this is really a huge difference, and I can understand why you don't want to spend that much money on T-shirts. If it costs you $25 a piece, yes, it's very expensive and it's not really worth it. But at uh, 6 or 10 euros, I think it, it becomes much more accessible. And if you don't have hundreds to give away, uh, you know, you can just select some winners, some random winners and just give three or five T-shirts. Mm. Yeah, in, in Germany on, on big uh, events like Chaos Communication Congress, uh, or some t-shirts cost like 20 euros and the people pay for it because they are fans and um, yeah yeah but those are sold for a profit right it's not the manufacturing cost these are not the for sure I'm, I'm not sure I'm not sure if you have a high quality t-shirt it will be of, uh, some 20 euro yeah but anyway, you are right. There, you can have T-shirts for ten euros, even in, in, in Germany, and and much less in, in other countries. And maybe we can have an, a worldwide Wikimedia alliance of T-shirt creators. <laughs> so we have, Who knows if if other people are interested? each other to to have T-shirts, um, to to spread the word about free knowledge. 
So um, um, what I'm, every time uh, I ask to people, uh, I talk to people from other country in the Wikimedia contest, I'm uh, always asking the same questions. Uh, one of these is, um, uh, how is internet in Romania? Internet is very, very good mm -hmm. in Romania. Very, very good. Um, we, I think in Bucharest, at least, and in, in major cities, uh, all providers now offer at least 100 megabits uh, of internet speed, uh, at least on download. And for smaller, smaller cities, you can still have um, a few dozen megabits per second consistent speed. Yeah. In the villages, it's and worse. Is it affordable? But, you know, in big cities, it's... Yes, it is. Um, the, um, the biggest speed my current provider has is one gigabit per second. And uh, it costs about 10 A euros, month. I think. A month, yes. A month, A month. yes. Okay. Okay. For, for Romanian, uh, I guess. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And... Um, And that's, uh, I think it's this happened because um, before the uh, the breakdown of the wall, before the the Iron Curtain falls, there was uh, the technical situation of Romania wasn't that big, wasn't? Is it right? I think the main reason was the lack of um, the lack mm. of state intervention. I'm not a big fan of liberalism, but in this case, it's it played by the book so the way the way high speed internet started in romania and that this was pretty late we're talking about uh, early 2000s uh, it was by neighborhood networks mm -hmm. that's what they were called there were basically people uh, pulling cables mm -hmm. from one block to another and then uh, buying a high speed connection from one of the two or three providers in the country and sharing the connection between um, between the um, the users. And of course, you, what you get with that was a very good speed within the network, uh, but a not so, so great speed on the internet. And as the, um, the infrastructure um, developed, a few major companies just bought mm -hmm. these, uh, these small networks And they kept the good part, you know, the uh, the cheap uh, routers and switches that were the backbone of, of the network, and they improved on it. They improved the internet speeds, they improved um, the connection between cities and so on. And because uh, we were late to the party, so to speak, uh, that allowed us to um, to to get the the best um, the best uh, technologies available at the time. For instance, ADSL, which was a big deal in many European countries, mm -hmm. uh, which is internet by the phone line, basically, uh, was not so big in Romania. Actually, it was uh, it was pushed for a number of years by the uh, by the old uh, monopoly in um, old telephony monopoly, but it didn't work out because the speeds they could offer were so low compared to the um, mm -hmm. to the the other networks so they, they kind of abandoned it and moved to fiber fiber optics uh, communications and so a lot of people in the internet in romania right now 
not so much. Okay. I think about uh, 45% of the population is of online or 55, something like that. So around half, let's say. Half. What is That's not so much. And uh, mostly with uh, uh, smartphones or with uh, computers? Uh, nowadays, I think it's mostly smartphones because mobile internet has also gotten quite affordable. For 10, 10 euros a month, you can also have uh, quite a big allowance of internet. And there is a, there is a company that offers unlimited internet for uh, something like 5 euros a month. Uh, which is very, very good, I think, for mobile internet. Uh, but I am not familiar with the statistics, actually, so mm. I might be wrong. And uh, the uh, um, what about free knowledge in Romania? Does anybody know about it besides you? <laughs> uh, yes, there are, there are other people. Uh, there are people that... Mm, push on the open access side, uh, open access for um, um, for science uh, science people and there are a few people who push on the legal side of things um, but it's not very widespread and the reason for that being is that uh, the reason for that is that Romanians don't have the same, Uh, the same spirit of uh, volunteering that that is present in Germany. Uh, I'm I'm always surprised how the Germans can be so numerous in so many free projects like OpenStreetMap. They're the the biggest community in Europe, if I'm not mistaken. In Wikimedia, they're pretty big as well. I don't know if the biggest, but. You know, 50, it's, you have a very powerful chapter and many, many members. And <laughs> there, yeah, that's a lot. Uh, and that's, um, that's very impressive. And we don't have this in Romania. We don't have the, the habit of volunteering, of participating in, in community organizations. And people are, don't understand these, what this freedom means. And they're so scared mm -hmm. of being stolen of their work being stolen that they they just don't want to participate for instance um we had a prize award ceremony for wikilabs monuments in one year and somebody uh who actually participated and helped us organize uh asked us why don't you go with a non-commercial license i would be much more inclined of giving away my pictures if you would do that and we tried to explain that the risk of having their photos taken by a big company like Coca-Cola or Renault or whatever is very, very small because uh, those companies have enough money to pay for their, their own publicity images and so on. If the, and if they really, really like uh, an image you made, they're probably going to make you an offer to, to have them have that image exclusively. Right. Uh, but you know, And on the other hand, there are the people that don't respect the license at all and they just steal your work and they're not going to stop uh, in the non-commercial or commercial licenses. They don't, they, they're not going to care about it. They're just not going to mention your name anyway. But uh, 
that didn't work out. This explanation did not reach that person, and we could see that uh, she she was not. She believed we're we're <laughs> we're tricking her or somehow. She she was not uh, you know convinced that uh, that nobody would be, and that people that will normally uh, not steal their her work will not steal her work either if it's called if it's under a free license. Yeah, maybe um, this. I I'm not sure. I'm I'm. Uh, I think about it for several weeks now. Um, why volunteering is in Germany so big, and in other countries it's it's smaller. In America, it's uh, bigger than in Germany, uh, as far as I remember. Maybe it has to do with the, the being wealthier, you have, uh, or have a social. Uh, um, you have a basement, uh, basic income as a short social system. You know what I mean? And then you don't have to be scared of, or you are so well paid that you can uh, uh, spend some time, some of your time for, for good things. And in not so wealthy countries, you have to, so you have to get some money to, to survive the month. Yes, that might be an explanation, but uh, it also has to do with um, the trust you put in other people. Uh, and in many Eastern countries, uh, this trust has been lost during uh, the communist era, and we're still struggling to to win it back. And it's not going mm -hmm. so well, actually. Mm. And with uh, in Vicky Love's monuments, what I learned is that of uh, the uh, overwhelming number of monuments, there has has been no photo before. In, at, at least in the internet and uh, so this is a, a big job uh, of the uh, photographers firstly to take at least one photo of a, of a document what is not uh, of a monument what is not documented has not been documented before and give it for free so everyone every school can use it every university can use it and as you said if a big company wants to uh, advertise with a, with a monument they sent their own photographers because they need special kind of pictures yeah they're most definitely are either sending their own photographers or they're gonna make you an offer for that picture they're not gonna steal it for sure and this yeah and this there's a big um scare uh, that uh, um, like we, when i talk when we talk to museums and ask them uh, you have pictures of your exhibits um give them for free why not and they say yeah but maybe someone comes and makes money with it and then we do not uh, we didn't we didn't make the money but you know what i mean yes yes i know exactly yeah, and, <laughs> what you mean. and but but un uh, until now uh, no one find uh, a way to make big money with photos of old pictures of old paintings and some say the the uh, uh, images will uh, come up in in a bad uh, environment, like um, Mona Lisa on a, a waste bin. But I, I guess this doesn't damage Mona Lisa. If it's a picture of it in on a waste bin, it only makes the environment nicer. <laughs> yeah, one of the uh, about. To... I'd, I'd like to go more in details about this part of uh, bad environments and how do you how you use that um, 
that information or that that picture that you have. Um, I was involved for a while in um, lobbying the Romanian government to release as much data as possible in an open data portal, mm -hmm. uh, which is um, a thing that that is happening now throughout Europe. Um, you know, having uh, government data uh, published as is, so it can be processed by. Uh, by private companies and and individuals, and um, the the license it was uh, it was under was just fine for for CC, uh, for CC by SA equivalent. Uh, so it requested that you mention the author. So it it couldn't really be used on Wikidata, for instance, which is uh, which is in the public domain, more or less. Mm -hmm. uh, but it could have been used on Wikipedia if um, the government wouldn't have put a condition there that you cannot use that information uh, to um, throw a bad image on the government. Oh, my and... goodness. Oh, <laughs> so, so low self-confidence yes really <laughs> uh, yes actually but the most interesting part was that they weren't even aware that condition was there <laughs> ah, okay I mean, uh, they, they knew it was there but they were not aware what it meant right mm. um because they what what they did was it they took the first version of the uk license for open data mm -hmm. and they translated it into, into romanian and that was it They didn't really consider the implications of what they're they're pushing forward and um, how their data can be used and so on. So it was a, and, a copy and paste error. <laughs> uh, yeah, pretty much. Mm -hmm. And we tried to convince them to um, um, to to go with the with the second or the third version of the UK license because in the in the meantime the UK has gone forward and they have removed this condition mm -hmm. and now the UK license is considered uh, very very free um, and uh, yeah we were unable to do that uh, they kind of said yeah go ahead and come with a proposal and we'll look into it and see what happens and of course nothing happened mm -hmm. too bad And yeah, so yeah, so sometimes you know uh, people are afraid and they put uh, such conditions of over reuse that are they basically destroy the whole point of the of the effort they're making because they want their data to be reused by NGOs and companies and so on. Oh yeah, but only if you if you talk well of the government, you know, and that's that's mm. nonsense. Okay. And so you put um, more effort on this, and uh, in which role do you do this? As an, yeah, uh, I yeah. So uh, the way I present myself is uh, as a volunteer at Wikipedia because we don't have a chapter in mm -hmm. uh, in Romania. Uh, but um, I often um, I often work with other NGOs that uh, that are involved in this field. Um, either for but there are a lot of people for interest for instance interested in geographical data others are interested in I don't know postal data and all kinds of uh, obscure um, government um, databases of uh, occupations and um, classifications of companies and stuff like that so I, I kind of partner with uh, with uh, 
other NGOs and uh, we present we try to present a united front on to the government mm -hmm. as much as possible so if you have no chapter in Romania how do you self-organize or how the community uh, self-organizing just uh, we uh, well our community is um, is pretty much trying to recover from a lot of different conflicts that happened um, between there were uh, two big two big uh, should I say um, uh, splits in the community one was around 2007 2008 when a lot of people left uh, and started a new uh -huh. Wikipedia like project uh, and it's called the uh, Encyclopedia Romaniei uh, the Romania mm -hmm. uh, Romania's Encyclopedia uh and it's um um it's basically dead now <laughs> so it it went very well for a number of years they had uh, partnerships with different um with different publishers and so on uh they, which mostly worked because they had a non-commercial license by the way <laughs> uh yeah but nowadays their uh, their project is pretty much dead because um i believe that uh they couldn't see a turnaround um uh, Wikipedia has this uh, this nasty habit of showing up first or second in the Google results, which means that most of the traffic will go to Wikipedia. And then um, uh, the second split, um, com coming back to the community, um, was uh, was not so much a, a split. Yeah, so I think I went pretty much through it, and uh, uh, we're, we're trying and to go forward and to develop uh, as a community. Mm -hmm. And uh, and work together towards the common goal of uh, promoting Wikipedia as a reliable resource. Hmm. I I hear this so often that um, people working together online are fighting each other. Maybe it's because of uh, the internet environment, because they sit in at their own home in their private environment. And if someone argues with them, they they uh, pretty far, pretty much fast take it. Uh, yeah, personally. I think it's also the fact that uh, you're missing uh, the nonverbal communication that you normally have with the person that's standing in front of you, right? So uh, you can't see if mm -hmm. they're upset, if they're serious about something, or they're just making fun of you and stuff like that. So you tend to assume that everything is serious and they have something against you. And that's not very constructive, of course. Uh, and of course, you have really trolls who are uh, um, enjoying this uh, kind of uh, privacy and behave like they wouldn't behave in, in real yes, life. Yes, and the worst thing is not the trolls themselves, because uh, you can learn to handle those, but the fact that uh, they turn you, uh, the the person that wants to, to collaborate and to, to work with, uh, with similar-minded people, it makes you very suspicious of everybody new. Everything and everybody seems suspicious if they don't you know they don't match up your expectations and uh, getting suspicious is not helping build a constructive environment either that's right hmm. okay <laughs> but in the future this will change he said 
at least in Romania. Hopefully, yes. <laughs> oh. um, you were studying computer sciences, I guess? Uh, yeah, God, about a decade ago. So, and, and uh, where and uh, how was your first contact to Wikipedia? Oh, I don't recall exactly, but uh, considering uh, my first edit, I would say that I was looking for information about uh, the Bucharest Metro, and I probably saw a mistake there that I thought I could fix, and then I, I mm -hmm. noticed the, the edit button. Uh, when it was um, a Christmas recess in 2005, um, so late December 2005, Mm -hmm. Almost 12 years now. Yeah. And you uh, immediately created an um, account or did you do it anonymously? Uh, I don't remember, but I think I created an account because uh, it didn't occur to me at the time that you could edit you know, anonymously. I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. I don't recall exactly the moment. But uh, at the time... But this was pretty much early. You have been a student that time? Yeah, I was a student, you? yes. Uh -huh. And I probably and so, had a lot of, of free time compared to <laughs> to now. Yeah, yeah. a lot of uh, editors in Wikipedia uh, are students or disabled people or um, yeah, people like that get money for life from somebody else. Yeah, I, I I've noticed that we have a. Um, a large number of people with um, with special interests uh, and with um, with the will of uh, with the power to concentrate a lot on a subject right mm. it does it's not enough to have a lot of free time because you can just uh, procrastinate and watch <laughs> tv or something but it you also have to have that that willingness to to concentrate on a subject and to to develop the article and and so on or to just the the willingness to follow other people around and see if they're messing up with the articles <laughs> because being a patroller is also a hard work but a very important one on, in wikipedia yeah what i really like is that editing the wikipedia is not so technical anymore like back in 2005 mostly because of For the visual, visual editor but also uh Yeah, yeah. The visual editor has gone a long way, and uh, also the um, uh, the various tools uh, that are used. So Wikipedia is uh, the interface of Wikipedia is nothing like it was in two thousand five. But on the other hand, um, things have gotten a bit harder on the different. Um, Parts that are common to, uh, between articles, for in instance, in info boxes and templates and stuff like that, because uh, we now have Wikidata, we now have Lua, uh, which is uh, a programming language in itself that you have to learn and which is different from the Wikitext uh, markup language uh, and so on. So per uh, perhaps for the newcomer, it's maybe easier to write prose but it's harder to uh, put the article uh, in in the according to the ma manual of style mm -hmm. uh, to the normal appearance of a wikipedia ah, article yeah because often i hear that, that the 
there are so many templates and and so they're so complicated to edit and sometimes you you have to leave it to, to be uh, filled with Wikidata, with data from Wikidata, and other times you can't do that because you don't have data on Wikidata, but you don't even know what Wikidata <laughs> is. <laughs> so it's all very complicated, mm-hmm. I believe. But yes, it's true to just add text and images. It's much, much simpler than in mm-hmm. 2005. You said you are programming bots. Are you programming bots uh, that create that are creating articles? Yes, I'm creating articles as and, well. Uh, you still still doing this today, or uh, not so much? Because uh, the way I I like to do it is um, find an outside source mm-hmm. of information uh, of of text and um, and merge that into the articles. And I did that for a while with data for from um, from the government. Uh, about historic monuments and archaeological sites but uh, that kind of uh, I kind of finished that work so uh, I'm not creating uh, so much uh, so much more content nowadays on the other hand I was asked uh, recently to create a number of articles about uh, the Romanian army mm-hmm. in the first world war Uh, like the different armies and commanders and so on, because uh, this is the kind of article series that is very easily done by a robot because uh, the structure of the article is uh, should should be very similar and you can write a few uh, phrases that are the same for every army and every corp of army uh, and so on. And then you, and then other users would go ahead and uh, complete the article manually. Yeah, the, the thing I would ask is, uh, if um, you as a programmer, you see that you can create an article from with data from a database. So why why should you store this information in a flat text file like the uh, wiki file, Wikipedia and not create uh, this article every time a user wants to see the data? Yeah. Um, are you familiar yes, with the article I, placeholder? I <laughs> so uh, the article placeholder for our listeners who are not familiar with it uh, is an extension for MediaWiki um, made by Wikimedia Germany, uh, which does exactly yeah. what you mentioned. Mm-hmm. So it takes, the, yeah, and um, it takes data from the database and it shows it in a more like a uh, mm. table data, right? It's not text per se, but you can make it look like text. It it doesn't prevent you from, from making the page look like text. So I wanted to try that on the Romanian Wikipedia. Unfortunately, it was not possible because apparently we're too big. <laughs> the extension was, uh, was uh, developed for small Wikipedias uh and it wouldn't scale to mm-hmm. to the size of the Romanian Wikipedia because of course it it makes so much more sense to do that and if we could do that in a way that a google would catch upon that would be great as well uh because it's it's important to have articles but it's more important mm-hmm. to have people discover those articles and the main source is google of course And it, so, as I said, it would be great if we could have uh, the article placeholder uh, in place at any Wikipedia. And 
just making sure that Google can discover that article. On the other hand, uh, it's very hard to argue for that because um, if if an article would be automatically generated, people would mm. be discouraged from editing it, probably. Uh, but one way that I can think of is uh, having like um, like a banner that says, uh, oh, look, this article was automatically generated. Please feel free to edit it. And then we, when you click on edit, uh, instead of starting from scratch, you would start from the mm-hmm. existing placeholder article, right? And that would also help uh, with the, the issue that I mentioned earlier of having uh, all the templates and everything in place to make mm-hmm. it look like a real Wikipedia article, right? So there are solutions. Uh, I would like to see them put in place, but unfortunately I did not have the time to, to get involved with, uh, with the Wikimedia Germany team and uh, try to, mm-hmm. to convince them to uh, allocate more time for this project. But that would be a, a very interesting idea for perhaps a Google Summer of Code project. Who knows? Why do you spend so much time on Wikipedia? It's my hobby, I would say. <laughs> Nothing more. I just <laughs> And why Wikipedia? Um because I why not I don't know something where you can take make money with? Uh yeah, because if on one, on one hand I feel that I make a difference immediately. Uh so mm-hmm. uh, a change that you do an article that you develop, uh you can see uh, you can look at the page views and really, really see how it goes up immediately in a couple of days. In a matter of days, it goes from zero or near zero to to many, many dozens of visitors or even hundreds of visitors a, a day. And mm. uh, that feels good. And on the other hand, um, as a programmer in Romania, I am definitely um, paid above average. Um, and perhaps I, I'm not so, so motivated in searching for a second job, you know, and I, mm-hmm. I, I liked, I liked the, um, the, the feeling that I do something useful for the community and for, for basically everyone in Romania who, who has access to the internet. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it would be hard for me to, to get involved in another project that can, can reach so many millions of people so fast. Um, do other people in uh, your um, neighborhood edit Wikipedia? Like your family, your friends? Um, my wife helps with images sometimes. Uh, oh, she's cool. a better for- photographer than me. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, that's, that's about it. I think, uh, I know a few people who edit the English Wikipedia, but uh, very, very casually. So they're, they're definitely not, um, a power user there by any means. Hmm. What if you overnight became king of Wikipedia, what would be your first orders? <laughs> that's uh, that's a very tricky question. Um, I would, as a king of Wikipedia, there isn't so much that I would change. Um, perhaps I would try to 
force people to be more acceptant of alternative sources like uh, oral sources or um, say um, unofficial sources um, because um, this is um, this is a very important way of uh, preserving traditions in many languages that do not have uh, extended literature and they do not have so many um, magazines and newspapers and stuff like that. And even for Romanian, um, in you can find the information in newspapers and magazines for for living people, for instance. But if you go and search for a more technical subject, like say trams, trams, mm-hmm. you know, uh, public transport, you would find very, very little in official information. Um, we do not have uh, this tradition of having uh, magazines for everything. And I, I think at some point the Germans had better information about our tram uh, networks in the communist era that we, uh, than we did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I just recently bought um, a, um, a magazine, an atlas of uh, Romanian trams uh, from a German website. It was made in 2004. Mm-hmm. And at that time, I think nobody even considered in Romania to, um, to you know, um, note the, the type of trams that run and stuff like that. So there is a need, there is definitely a need for alternative sources. And um, on the other hand, I understand that this is very risky because uh, oral sources are, uh, tend to, to become unreliable very quickly. But definitely that would be my first command. Go and search for a solution f- to, to accommodate alternative <laughs> sources. Okay. Okay, Andre, thank you very much for this very interesting talk. We talk such a lot of topics. We strived. Wonderful. Thank you to Sebastian. Yeah, I hope to see you somewhere in a meeting, maybe yeah, a CE meeting. Looking forward time. to to you coming to to Poland or Ukraine. I'm not sure where next year's meeting will be, but uh, looking forward to, to having you there. Let's see. Yeah. Thank you very much, and have a you nice too. day. Bye, Sebastian. Bye.